Welcome to Stand Up Comedy Sex Ed. It's where you can get questions answered like How long does it take the average man to orgasm? And How long does it take the average woman to orgasm? And also Why is it so hot in here? Audiences agree, it's brilliantly funny. Raylene makes sex ed fun. This show is entertaining, factual, and relatable. There's nothing worse than being halfway done with sex and feeling your vagina shut down on you. <laughs> You've got to see stand-up comedy sex ed. I am ready to go do that comedy show. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to the stand-up comedy sex ed podcast hosted by Raylene Taskowski and some other guests. And today's guests are Claudia and Emma from UConn Student Health and Wellness Services, and they are sexperts, which is amazing. Hey, girls. Hi. <laughs> How are you? Good. It's great to be here. I know. I'm so excited that they let you do it. Yeah. I was honestly a little nervous that we wouldn't be able to just because of the aspect of the comedy with it, but I'm really excited that we were allowed to. This is awesome. Right. I just can't imagine talking about sex without some sort of element of comedy to get people to relax. Yeah. No, I agree. So how did you guys get involved in that? So I actually got involved um, my freshman year. Um, I saw an ad in the Daily Digest that just said, like, join sexperts. And immediately I was like, okay, welcome to college. <laughs> I was like, what is this? So I like clicked on it and did a little bit of reading. And um, uh, one of my best friends now lived across the hall from me. And somehow it kind of came up and she was like, oh, yeah, I saw that, too. Um, I was kind of wondering what it was. And I was like, let's just go to like the info session and see what it is. So we went and got like talking to some of the people that were already in the group. And we were like, yeah, this seems really cool. So we um, joined. What did you know about sex before you started? So I didn't really have a very strong background in sexual education or um, peer education. Um, and it's completely unrelated to my major. I'm an environmental science major, so it's kind of <laughs> a little bit um, of a, a different field for me. Um, but yeah, I, I really went in with like no experience and a pretty open mind. That is awesome. How about you, Claudia? How did you get involved? So actually, the coordinator of our group she, well, I guess our advisor of our group, um, she was my freshman year experience, like, professor, um, so she taught my freshman year experience class, and so she obviously incorporated a little bit of, like, the sexpert um, knowledge into that class um, and kind of talked about what she did, so I knew a little bit about it because of that, but at the time, I was, it was my first semester of college, so I was really nervous about the idea of being a sexpert. Like, I wasn't quite ready yet, so it wasn't until my first semester of junior year that I saw it again in the Daily Digest um, that I decided to do it. So I was like, you know what, like, I'm a junior now. I had a little bit more confidence in myself and, like, what I wanted to do, and I just kind of, like, I saw it, and I was like, if I don't click on this now and apply now, I'm not going to do it. And I really kind of wanted to, so I just pushed myself, and I was like, okay, I'm going to just gonna apply for it and see what happens. And so I ended up doing it. And what, was, what kind of experience did you have when you started? My high school actually did a pretty good job, I think, with, like, the sexual health education. You know, we didn't have that, like, positive spin on it where we're talking about, like, pleasure right. and, like, all of those things that, like, you kind of want to hear about. So I didn't have that kind of experience about like sexual health with pleasure, um, just like your basic STIs, like things like that. So I didn't know any of that stuff. Um, 
Yeah, so I mean, I just had the near general high school knowledge, like my major is pathobiology, so it's not really super focused on sexual health or anything like that, so I didn't have a lot of knowledge going in. I've been in direct sales selling sex toys for 14 years now, and when I started, I knew nothing. Like, I, I knew what you know as a married person who's had children, but as far as like all of the information that I've learned since then, that's why I think it's so cool that you guys have that knowledge and that you're sharing it at the college level. Because I just think it's a damn shame that women grow up to be 38 years old and they've never heard about lubrication. Like that's ridiculous. And that's, that was my life. Do you have um, guys that are sex experts? Um, currently in the group, we don't, but I believe for next semester, we had, um, a couple applications, um, from other people who might be joining too. So we might in the future. That's so yeah, weird. We, yeah. We have had males in the past who are sex experts, but not while either of us have been there. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. So what do they teach you before you go out and teach? So we have um, at the beginning of the semester um, with like returners and news experts, we have like a whole day set aside from, I mean, it's like nine to five. It's pretty intense. Um, And we just um, really get to like know each other and kind of start to like form connections. So we're like comfortable with each other, obviously. Um, And then that day we kind of start going into a little bit of our programming. So our our education of like the safer sex skills that we teach, um, we learn by going through like the programs that we're going to present. So we're like comfortable with like the layout and then also what we're presenting to you. So um, it's a little bit different this year because everything kind of went virtual. But um, when I started, that's kind of how um, we went about it. So we went and learned um, like the safer sex skills as we would present them. So that's how I got comfortable presenting and teaching about them. And what are some of the safer sex skills? Putting so on condoms? De- yeah. <laughs> so it, it kind of depends on the program that we're doing. One of our most popular programs is called Rubberware. So yeah, we'll do like the external, internal condom demonstrations. We'll do dental dam demonstrations. We do, um, we talk about lubrication and we'll actually go around and let people taste the different um, lubrications that we offer to give out to students. So just like different interactive kind of skills like that just so people can walk away um, learning at least something they might be able to utilize that's my favorite part is when people learn things yeah definitely like, that's the goal that's kind of why I switched from well I mean I'm still doing the parties because I still have to pay my bills but that's why I switched to the stand-up comedy sex ed format so I can just do the educating without the whole I don't get paid unless you buy something mm-hmm. <laughs> So, so now buy a ticket, I'll make you laugh, and then here's my website if you want to buy stuff. <laughs> uh, so have you guys both done live classes? So I actually joined at like a weird time. So your first semester as a sex expert, it's really just like you observing. So you go to a lot of the presentations and you kind of sit in the back and you like watch other presenters um, present. And you just kind of like learn like how you do it, you practice a bunch. Um, We have practice sessions like once a week where we meet up and we do um, demonstrations together um, and we like learn how to do things, Um, especially with the right, a lot of it's like the right vocab and making sure that you're saying like, um, like not gender specific language, things like that. And then your second semester is when you actually get to start presenting. Unfortunately for me, when I joined, 
my first semester, I did get to see the in-person um, like presentations, but my second semester is when COVID kind of hit. And so I had to do like the online presentation. So Emma's done in-person, I've done online. I think, I think uh, online would be less awkward because it's, you're not like, I mean, because obviously this is all public speaking. So not only are you covering public speaking, which is awkward to begin with, but now you're also talking about sex, which is a, an extra level. So, I mean, you guys are perfectly set to just join my team right after you're done with all of this. <laughs> <laughs> you have more, probably more knowledge than I had until I was 40. <laughs> That's um, I only thought um, doing online. I was like, oh, this will be, because we started doing like Zoom presentations this semester. And I was like, oh, this will be a lot less awkward than presenting in front of like a full lecture hall. But I don't know, for me, I liked being in person a lot better because, so do I. I mean, it's obviously different, but I feel like on Zoom, it's like now you're worried kind of about keeping people engaged and then like trying to make them feel comfortable to keep their cameras on. So it's like at least some kind of like interactive experience for them. So I feel right. like it's definitely different, but. And you can't for, taste the lubes. Yeah, exactly. Feel them. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's the awkward part of it. Um, what are some of the things that you learned that you didn't even know when you started? Um, for me. So when I first started, um with the sex birds it was we we did more than just like our rubberware like our sexual health programming so we did like stress management we did like aromatherapy program so it was also like a little bit more of the wellness aspect too but since then we kind of adapted more more to fitting to our name <laughs> um right. so i think other than like sexual health i learned a lot about like wellness too um, but in terms of sexual health, something that was most surprising. Wait, was that the question? Sorry. <laughs> well, like, what did you learn? Like, so you, you're just in college. Did you, like, was all of it an eye-opener? Or was some of it like, yeah, I knew that, or I thought I knew that, or holy crap, I had no idea. Because I had a lot of, oh my god, I had no idea when I joined. <laughs> yeah, kind of going back, okay, going back to what Claudia was saying at the beginning, like, my high school did a pretty good job just with, like, the sexual health, but I think definitely with like um bringing like pleasure into the conversation too I think that was something that I didn't really get until I joined this group that's like my number one thing I want especially like I would love to talk to high school kids of course I can't until they're 18 because of the company but I mean I don't want to do a masturbating one-on-one class but I was but I would really like all girls boys figure it out naturally, but girls should know how to orgasm by themselves without a partner well before they even start getting near guys, in my opinion. <laughs> it just seems like something you should know how to do to protect yourself. Or, or like, oh, I was talking to someone today and I said, having sex without having an orgasm is like having a car payment without a car. Like, what's the point? <laughs> yeah. Do you have any issues with how people deal with you when they find out you're a sex expert? Like, do, so what happens with me when people find out that I am in the company that they're like, oh, you must have a great sex life. There's always some sort of sassiness, like you must be some kind of, you know, promiscuous woman because you talk about sex. Do you get that? I personally haven't had that yet, but I think that's also because we're on the online format for the most of the time that I've been in this. I will have to say, though, is when I do like internship or like I do, um, like different kinds of like where I have to speak to someone like that's professional based on like my resume. Um, I 
do have to say that I'm a pure health educator at first, and then I can go into detail, and then I kind of reveal that I'm a sexpert, because if I just say sexpert right away, there's a stigma that that's, like, not professional, that that's not something right. where, you know, I'm a real, like, health educator. It just, if a lot of people will take that the wrong way without realizing, like, what that actually means. Right. That's, that's what I was wondering if that happened. How about you, Emma? Have you had any problems with that? Yeah. Um, I think even with like the in-person programs that I was able to do before we kind of switched to um, virtual, it wasn't necessarily like there's, a, I guess, a stigma around talking about sex, obviously. But um, I guess most people, when they hear like, oh, you're a sex bear, most of what I got was just like kind of curiosity. And they were kind of like more intrigued by like, oh, like, what's that? Or like, what do you do? And they were like, they're interested in like learning about what it what it kind of meant. So I feel like more of just like kind of like a not being like kind of like thrown off but like oh like wait what <laughs> yeah um do you now i uh you had said that when you go you have people come with you like your shadows do you always go in pairs or more for safety yeah i mean it's less about safety that it is more about just having multiple people to bounce off of when you're presenting um, just because we like to have like different people do different demonstrations. Um, everyone kind of brings their own thing to the program um, and it's helpful to make sure that we can answer all the different questions at the programs if we have multiple voices. Um, so yeah, that's really the reason why, but generally there are people who listen into the program that are learning as well. And one of the reasons that my company specifically does not allow men at parties is and i think this is kind of a stretch but you know you get a a drunk guy and you're talking about sex and you're the one in the front of the room talking about sex and they start to think that you're for sale and we've mm -hmm. had it not 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 that i know of in our company but i know in other companies there have been uh consultants who were assaulted you know by by drunk guys on the way out of parties which is one of the main reasons that i'm glad that we don't have guys at our parties um but that's what i would worry about you know like when your your mom claudia had said that you did a whole male fraternity it's just you talking about sex i would be like i don't know that i want my daughter alone in that situation <laughs> yeah no it's not alone so i mean i think there is a little bit of that aspect um but it doesn't to, um i guess people really do respect us as sexperts it's kind of known um, and if it's not known, then the fraternity or whoever we're presenting to will do a good job of making sure that their group is being serious and taking us seriously about it. Um, so it's, I, I feel like there is actually a good amount of respect at UConn um, for us, which is really good. Yeah, and I can definitely like um, speak to that too, like presenting to lots of sororities and fraternities, like, or even all the clubs and organizations that do book us, like everyone's super respectful um, while we're presenting. And it's, it's pretty exciting, like how engaged people actually get with the material and like how excited they are too. Because you kind of are worried like, oh, they're just, it's like a meeting they have to go to or they have to participate in, but people get, do get like pretty into it, like ask questions and stuff. Good. I'm glad to hear it. I'm just, I don't understand how I had one, two daughters fully go through UConn. I do parties at UConn in dorms. I've done them in, um, I've been in as a sex, you know, event, but it was still just a party and I never heard of you guys. If I had known you existed, I would have been all over you the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it, we, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, um, we are like a really big school and like 
there are only I think 10 of us right now I don't know if you can correct me on that but yeah um 10 yeah, of that's us. Great. yeah so I mean to get around to every program and we are by request so um, if somebody doesn't want to meet with us, there's nothing we can really do about that. It's up to them. If they want to learn, they can. We're always an option. Um, but, you know, UConn is a really big school for just 10 of us right. to be going around to every group. Um, and we do go to every single group that requests us. But, you know, it's really up to them. I heard her, uh, your advisor had told me, um, I think, as a mom, as a progressive mom, I guess you could say, I think you should be in every FYE class. Like my daughter was an FYE mentor and she said it was fantastic. She obviously had to go through FYE. She came in in um, her second year. Uh, it should be there. It, it yeah. should be like your kids are, kids are going to college. They need to know about sex. They need to know about sex on the first day. Um, statistically speaking, and I talk about this in my, in, uh, is that my TED talk? Yeah. Um, that, 42% of my numbers are all off because I haven't done the talk in a while, but like 42% of women enter college as virgins and 22% lose their virginity in their first year, in their freshman year. And most of the time they're just trying to get rid of it because it, now the stigma is on being a, a virgin, although now it's, I guess virginity is now a social construct. But I think we know that, you know, there's those issues. And if we could talk about sex, like as soon as we get in there, and start talking about it, then it doesn't have to be I lost my virginity at a frat party in the first week that I was in college. Yeah. Yeah, we've yeah. definitely been booked for um, FYE classes before. I think the thing with FYE classes that can be challenging just in terms of like scheduling is that like we all have classes during the day too. So then like to try to get a couple for like FYE classes that are also like during usually during the daytime too. So most of the time we have programs that are like nighttime. So it would have to be like an additional um, program right. for them. But we do have a lot of the programs that like the first ones that I started doing in person um, where RAs would book us like for their floors and their residence. So um, kind of like as an intro to college, like you said, um, we would go in into um, the dorms and talk to the new freshmen or um, wherever we were booked um, and do our programs there too with them. I'm glad that's yeah. happening. I just wish it could be bigger. And, and now, um, did your advisor tell me that, that there's experts in other colleges? Is this a... A national, this isn't just a UConn thing, is it? So, I mean, I don't think we're like a national program. It's just that there are other groups that also call themselves sexperts. Um, okay. So that's kind of how it works. Um, and I know that in the past, not while I've been here, maybe Emma can speak to this, but that the groups have met up and they've done um, like a kind of like exchanged ideas and what their programs are like. I've never done one personally, but I know that that's a thing that they do. I don't know if Emma has any experience with that. Yeah, they have um, conferences through student health and wellness that different groups, I know that some of us have, I haven't been able to make one before, but some of us have gone um, and other groups have kind of shared what um, programs they run and we can kind of like bounce ideas off each other. But yeah, it's not like, um, I, to, I mean, to my knowledge, it's not like a national group where we're, we're all kind of doing the same programs, like I think it's unique um, to like UConn's needs and kind of adapting to what we see on our campus. Seems like, and uh, I just thought of this, that if a bunch of groups got together, then instead of worrying about the piddly money that you get as a trickle down from student health and wellness and a trickle down, trickle down, trickle down, so you guys have no budgets, if you get together and have a bigger group, then you could get sponsorships. And then 
then your budgets would be bigger. Like that seems like something that people should think about and put it together. And then you could also have a shared curriculum where everybody could work together. So that's yeah, interesting. That was just the thought that I had. But I mean, you know that, you know, sex toy companies would get behind that. Uh, what do you call it? Um, condom companies, lube manufacturers, dental dam people, they would all get behind that. <laughs> Teach kids to use condoms in college, they'll keep using them. <laughs> I mean, that is a clever idea. Um, with COVID and everything too, like it could be a way of communicating with them through like Zoom and something like that. But um, yeah, I mean, I I'm, think we're actually pretty fortunate for the amount of funding that we do get through student health and wellness. I mean, we have a glove box um, service where it gives out free condoms and free safe sex toy or not sex toys, but sex supplies. Um, <laughs> that would be great though. Um, to Everybody gets students. a bullet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I, that's pretty awesome that we do that. Um, so I think we actually had a couple statistics about how many we gave out this semester. I think it was around like 1,700 condoms or something like that. Um, and we just like do that every semester, a couple times a semester, you can get them for free. So it's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, I forgot that we wanted to talk about that. UConn has glove boxes. Uh, did you used to, they used to come in and get them, but now you did like delivery? Yeah, now it's a little bit of both. So before, like, you could always come in and um, get whatever you needed. But now with Glovebox, um, it can be delivered right to your dorm, or we're also doing off-campus, too. So you can kind of, like, so order like what story you want center. in your box. Yeah. Like, you just, all right, because that's where my daughter lives. <laughs> yeah, story center, and then, like, off-campus apartments, too. Um, that's fantastic. And what comes in a glove box besides condoms? So it kind of depends. You can, like, get, like... I think they have like standard boxes or um, you can kind of like decide what you want in your particular order. But yeah, there's condoms, you can get um, rubber gloves to make into dental dams, you can get dental dams, you can get lube. So there's a lot of different, different options depending on what you want or what you want to try out. Yeah, That's and we also cool. do, um, speaking to the fact that we have an abstinence box as well, so it's just like fun, like goodies and stuff. And I actually messed up that number that I said before. That was um, for our condom blitz event. Um, for the glove box, we've given out 10,920 condoms. Wow. So that's a lot. Um, it was 546 boxes this past semester. So we do have like a pretty far reach with that. A lot of people would get them. It's pretty awesome. Um, I know friends that have gotten them before. Um, so yeah, I just, I love that service that we do. Yeah, and it's been cool because each semester just keeps continuing to grow. So we're not like directly, so we don't directly like put the boxes together and everything, but we're um, kind of put the idea together, like implemented and started to help develop it. Right. So we're, we're health promotion. So we basically are the ones that go out and tell people about the services and resources and hope that people can use them and do use them. So when you when you when a group has you come in, do you have uh, condoms and stuff to give out right then, or do they? So yes, they're nodding. Yes, yes. Yeah. they forget yeah, the podcast. Nodding <laughs> <laughs> doesn't help. Um, yeah, we so do. So at the end of our programs, um, we bring a bunch of supplies and we kind of just lay it out on a table, and people can come up and ask questions or take um, whatever they want. Yeah, I like to strew condoms on everybody. Yeah. I was telling, telling Claudia, one of, one of my jokes is, uh, 
I, well, first of all, I'm 20, I've been married 27 years and I've been married uh, and I'm 52 and we still use condoms <laughs> and people are like, what? Oh my God. I thought the point of getting married is that you don't have to use condoms anymore. And I'm like, nah, this is the national park service. Carry in, carry out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do, do not leave your mess behind. Take it. No child left behind. Although I'm a little too old for that now, but still <laughs> I love good condoms. Um, and as an additional benefit, because we always talk about it's great for, um, you know, STIs and all that stuff, but, you know, the average guy does not take very long to orgasm, and a condom will help slow him down a little bit. Yep. A little bit, you know, and guys are like, it's numb. Well, it's not your damn hand, okay? So <laughs> calm down. It's yeah, and you can also get them, like, ribbed or ridged, so that's um, extra pleasure as well. So there's, like, a lot of options. I always, I always look at them and I'm like, I know they say it's ribbed for her pleasure, but if I'm lubricated enough, I'm not feeling your stupid ridges. Like, I don't <laughs> feel anything. <laughs> right. That's so, like one of the things we'll go through um, during our program, kind of, um, that a lot of people I've found during programming are really surprised by. They're like, oh, I didn't know there were that many different kinds or that many different options, too. Right. I would yeah. say the only thing I don't recommend is an unlubricated condom. Like, yeah, that's only just... good for demonstration purposes. <laughs> yeah. Right. So even they don't then, slip off your hand. <laughs> yeah. Even then in our demonstrations, a lot of times we'll have our like penis models and we'll be trying to use an unlubricated condom and I'll just get stuck to it. And we're just like, I'm sorry, we can't do this because these are unlubricated. So it's not working. Um, right. And it, it breaks the condom. Um, so it's just like a good example of why those are horrible. Um, in right. general. So when I, uh, my youngest, when I was, when I was teaching her how to put a condom on a penis, which was eighth grade, because at that point, it's like, I know kids were already talking about blowjobs and all kinds of stuff in eighth grade. And I'm like, all right, I'm just setting you out there with knowledge. I'm not saying use it right now, but here. And I think we probably have the same model. And I had slid the condom all the way. She's, you know, she was, I said, open the condom. And she's like, ew, it's slippery. And I'm like, now you know, right? Just be prepared for it. And, uh, and she goes, it's not going to fit. And I'm like, it's going to fit. And she goes, how far does it go down? I'm like, it goes all the way to the bottom. And then afterwards, I peeled it off again. And then I put it over my whole hand. Yep. And I said, it's going to fit. Right? So, cause they're all, the guys will tell you, it's not going to fit or it doesn't feel good. It doesn't, I'm too big. You, you are fucking not too big for a condom. <laughs> so I like to add a little bit of make it, well, I don't know. I don't usually talk to men except at my comedy shows, but it was so uh, important. Did you guys' mom have the talk with you? Like a good one about sex? Um, yeah. I mean, like, I think. I, like I personally did have a talk that was like good like my education in general like I think growing up in even through high school was really good um sexually wise um and uh, like going back to your point about the different condom sizes so we actually do tell people that there are different condom sizes and that even though like yes every condom will fit like you can make it fit like there is like a level of comfortability to that right um and there's actually well, the a couple problem condoms. with that is if you tell guys there's extra large condoms then they'll buy them because it makes them feel bigger but then they slip off so. oh yeah no i completely agree with you with that <laughs> emma you seem thoroughly unamused by me <laughs> no i am 
<laughs> um, no, I would have to agree with um, Claudia on that in terms of like my education, I think from like school and home um, and friends like throughout high school it was it was pretty good. And I liked what you said um, about teaching your daughter, like just sending her out with knowledge, because I think that's like pretty much just all our goals, being able to like send people out with the information and they can do with it what they want, just hoping right. to like help people make some kind of healthy decision. There's no yeah. downside to knowing how to put a condom on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's, there's no downside to that. Well, because I did what I did, she had a fairly well-involved education. Like she should have known just about everything when she left uh, to go off to school. And I, and I told her, you know, in like high school, I'm like, you have all this information. You are not allowed to share it. <laughs> like, I don't want you being the kid who knows everything about sex. But if you hear somebody giving really wrong advice, or Where you really can correct it, please correct them. Yeah, that's what I told her. I'm like, don't be the kid who knows everything. And everybody's like, oh, her mom's a sex toy lady. But uh, and she managed, I mean, she managed it pretty well. I don't think anybody ever harassed her. But it was funny because by the time she was a senior in high school, some of the older kids had already gone to my parties because <laughs> they were 18. Mm -hmm. So they hadn't grad. And uh, one day she was in class and one of her friends was sitting in class and took a picture of the other girl's pen. And it was my pen with my name on it. And she's like, your mom is everywhere. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> she can't get away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm everywhere. So. What else do you want? Do you want to tell me anything else about the program? I've got all these nosy questions that I ask for, like, you know, like comedians who come on my show, but I won't do that to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you have like any um, certain questions about the programs that we do? Well, you only told me about one. Okay. And that was so if you've got more programs to tell me about, please do. <laughs> yeah. So I think I mentioned rubberware before, right? Yes. Um, so that's pretty much the main one that um, I presented, um, like in person. So that, um, like we said, we do like a condom relay. Um, we'll do demonstrations for like the different um, sex supplies that we offer, and then we'll do like a lube tasting, which everyone's always like, "Wait, what? Well, we can eat it." <laughs> um, and then we'll do. Um, let's see, we, we work consent into the conversation too. We have like an activity for that. So everything is kind of like attached to an activity to try to keep everyone engaged, like with volunteers and stuff. Um, but other than rubberware, we do um, kind of transitioning to online. We've been trying to format like our sexual health bingo game to online. So doing like a kahoot for that, but we're still kind of working on adapting that to um, virtual um, but yeah, That's other than that, rubberware is our main one. Let's see, we have sexual health bingo. For like smaller groups, we'll do, um, we have a program called Safer Sex 101. So it's more like working in stations and like smaller groups, like again, like hands-on um, learning too. Claudia yeah. mentioned you have a, um, an abstinence box. What's, what goes in that? Are we talking like are... nothing or, or are we talking about enjoying like oral favors? Um, so um, our abstinence kits are just like abstaining from sex, like anything, whatever you're comfortable with. We don't really like label it. Like you could take one even if you are having sex, like totally up to you. Um, I think all of them are different. Some of them might have like candy in them or just like maybe even like play-doh or just like a little toy like i think all of them are, are different there's nothing like specific we throw in there 
I was just thinking, give them some, uh, what do you call it, juggling balls. Like, if you're not going to be having sex, do something else with your hands or not <laughs> yeah, juggle. Yeah, something else. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just didn't know if it was abstaining from all, like, just penetration or if it was abstaining from any sort of sexual activity. Yeah, yeah. whatever you label it, um, it's kind of whatever, however, like, our audience interprets it or our participants feel like there's no, like, oh, you, like, can't take this, like, pretty open, so whatever you want to take from our programs that we have at the end. Yeah. I'm just thinking like I'm at home, I'm bored. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to order an abstinence box and let's just see what's in there today. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Claudia, uh, did you have, you had something else I that you were going to say? Yeah. Um, I was going to say, uh, so like for this semester, just because it's been so different, I kind of wanted to talk about what we've been doing instead. Um, just because, well, one, we haven't had quite as many program requests now that we're online. Um, so we've kind of found ways to fill that free time and like keep learning um, in a different way. Um, so something that we've been doing is every week we've been having a sex per present a topic that maybe like we wouldn't know as much about. And um, we've been kind of learning through each other, which has been really helpful. Um, just because I know that we're trying to expand into other identities, other um, like sexual orientations um, and try to like get like a more well-rounded knowledge of what's going on right now um, to try to make new programs that reflect that. So one of the things that we've been talking about is we've been talking about sex toys. We've been trying to bring that into our programs a little bit. Um, what are some of the other topics we did? We did power exchange, uh, circumcision, polyamory, vasectomies, like birth control. We did one on COVID-19 and sex, which is actually really interesting. Um, Lots of how to be safe with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, it was, it was really interesting actually. It was about the different positions that you can have while wearing a mask. So um, it was just, I don't know, it was really interesting just to talk about that and like how you can be safe. Um, but I just, I just think that this semester, you know, despite the fact that we haven't been able to present as much, we're still really learning from it and we're growing our program. So I thought that was kind of cool. That is cool. It sounds like my podcast. <laughs> I've had polyamory. I've had, actually, <laughs> yeah. I want to find somebody. I had somebody lined up, but then it fell through. Um, a guy who got a sick circumcision as an adult. And I wanted to have a whole one on circumcision because I'm just so... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm just so interested. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by the whole thing. I'm yeah. intrigued how one religious point of view has become the national standard in the United States. Like it's mm -hmm. literally a religious thing for the Jewish culture, but all most, most American mo boys, men have been circumcised. And I'm like, how'd that happen? Yeah. Yeah. It, that we had like, like a China's bound feet thing wound up over here. Like what the <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> I know, we had such a big debate about the whole circumcision thing, and, like, it was, like, I don't think everyone realized, like, like, the whole decision making behind it, and, like, what the factors were that went into it, so it was really interesting to have that conversation. I, I think at the end, everyone was still kind of confused at whether it was right or a wrong thing, and, like, you know, because I don't think there really is a right answer when it comes to that, but, yeah, like, these I, conversations that we've been having are so interesting. I just think that's the only thing, like, there's no other part of the body that when we're born, we say, well, you don't need that. And we lob yep. it off. Yep. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and they're like, well, and then, 
Like some people say, well, it's for cleanliness. I'm like, okay, maybe 200 years ago, but now people shower a yep. lot. <laughs> like, get a baby wipe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd even looked up some statistics once upon a time. Like most, um, the the the, I think the that I said that the Chinese men are the ones that are most um, circumcised, followed by Americans, and the least circumcised are the Muslim culture. Like anybody who's in the Muslim countries, I, I might have those numbers off, but I just remember being like, "Wow, that's pretty weird." Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think our direction, like, for the future right now is actually going more towards, like, um, trying to find things for, uh, so we work a lot with the Rainbow Center and the Women's Center, which are two, like, I guess we call them, like, not cultural groups, but they're just, like, these, like, organizations that we have on campus, um, and we've been trying to work with them to create new programs that, like, better reflect what they're looking for, for, like, their um, like diverse populations, I guess. Um, right. And <clears throat> so we're actually trying to find um, some different things that we can do for new programs and for a health fair that we're thinking about putting on next semester or the following semester. Um, and we've been looking at like a lot of different sex toy options. One, because of what you were talking about before with masturbation and how, you know, that should be something that's brought more to the table, especially among women. And then two, because of um, looking at all the different gender identities and like people that use sex toys for, you know, both for both partner play and for uh, masturbation. So it's it's been an interesting conversation and trying to figure out what we're going to do with that and going forward. Well, please reach out to me if you have any uh, questions about sex toys or whatever, because I can definitely connect you with our company. Uh, the CEO of our company has a, uh, um, a, 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 I don't know, another company or a, I don't know what you call it, a nonprofit mm -hmm. um, called oh, Something for Change because his um, oldest daughter is transgender. And hmm. so they have a lot of information on the verbiage and how to say things and how to sell things. And that even in our catalog, we have a, a number of, or on our website, really a number of things that are designed for um, transgender and gay and lesbian. Now, when I do a product, a product, when I do a show, you know, I'm pretty upfront with, you know, I am a 52 year old cisgendered female and much of my information, you know, comes from, this is going to be a pretty heteronormative show. Like that's, mm -hmm. I can't make jokes about other people's sexuality. I can only make jokes about mine and, you know, like pick on my husband and, you know, men in general, but I'm not about to try and make a joke, you know, about anybody else's situation. But yeah. I always try to use, you know, partner, you know, yeah. um, you know, versus man. Uh, or I'll, I'll make a joke. Like I've got one about how long it takes a guy to find a clitoris. And then I'm like, and I'm saying guys, cause I just assume that if you're a lesbian, you probably can find a clitoris pretty easily. Like, you know, if I had to go down on a woman, I'm fairly certain that it would be like a baby rooting out a nipple. I would just be there and be like, Oh, there it is. Chomp, 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 chomp. Right? And that's the best I can do. I, I'm not, I don't know. I guess at some point it's just old dog, new tricks. And I'm just going to tell you up front, I'm doing my best, but you know. Yeah. And I also feel like with like, um, 
you having like a com like a comedy means of kind of presenting information is definitely like a different um, platform than coming from like an educational standpoint because that's definitely something like we're kind of aware of like our verbiage or trying to be aware of like the um, terms that we're using um, and I think that's something I definitely like when I started off being a sex expert like struggled with trying to be aware like while I'm presenting new information and like how I'm wording it so I'm not necessarily assuming anything about our participants or like the audience like even just saying like um internal and external condom versus like male and female is something um that we'll use in our programs too yeah i would agree with that that was something i struggled with so much in the beginning just learning that language um and saying it like muscle memory um right. you have to stop yourself um but now it's almost like se second nature um so yeah it's it's something that i'm glad that we learned from this yeah, I wish I had learned it a lot earlier. It would have been easier. But I still feel like <laughs> I'm learning so much about it. Like, I feel like as soon as I, like, get a grasp on some things, I'm like, oh, I still have to learn how to word this better. Or I, th right. I feel like it's something I'll always be learning. There will always be new mm -hmm. new ways to present information. I, told, I, I was talking about pansexuals today with my hairdresser, and she's like, what's a pansexual? And I'm like, it's somebody who loves all people. So it doesn't matter if they're uh, male or female or transgender, they just love them. I said, and I'm a pansexual. I just only choose to sleep with men. <laughs> and she, she, she just laughed. I'm like, all right, that might have to go into my comedy thing. <laughs> so, That's great. But, but yeah, I mean, if you think about it, I've been doing this 14 years, the language has changed so much from, from then to now, you know? Yeah, and I mean, so, I've been a sex expert for four semesters and it's changed so much in that time too. Right. So, well, thank you guys for coming on. Is there anything else that you want to talk about? Um, no, I think I'm okay. I think we pretty much covered everything. Yeah, unless you have any more questions um no. i think claudia touched a lot on kind of like new programs that we're thinking of kind of adapting it's um been pretty i guess transformative turning everything virtual so we'll see how that goes in the future yeah well good luck to you guys i'm glad that you exist now and mm -hmm. or, or that now i know you exist you've existed for a while and so now when i know that there's kids going off to college i'd be like make sure you look up the sex parts yeah check us out <laughs> i hope at some point you'll be able to get your speakers and stuff back because i know at some point you had i love female orgasm come in and i hadn't heard about them before but then my daughter was like there's some big thing going on <laughs> and then i looked them up and i was like oh that's cool i didn't even know that they existed either so all right well, I was going to say, how can people find you? But I'm guessing that you don't want them to find you guys personally. So we'll skip that question. <laughs> we um, have um, a Sexpert's website, though, and they can also find us through the um, Student Health and Wellness Instagram. We have some um, campaigns that we've been working on this semester. Yeah, our, our website is studenthealth.uconn.edu slash sexperts. And then we also even have a TikTok, actually, which is just really? uh, UConn Sexperts. So there's only a couple of videos on there, but it's just kind of like fun little um so you can't have tips. an instagram but you can have a tiktok <laughs> <laughs> i know it's yeah it's a little funky but you know it works for us 
That's awesome. All right. And I hope that if you guys that are listening don't have this at your college, that you should uh, let them know what UConn is doing and encourage them, encourage your college to do what UConn is doing so that your kids will be better, better educated. So you can find me on Instagram at standupcomedysexed, standupcomedysexed.com, raylenetaskoski.com, and I've set up a Facebook group just for this podcast so you can participate in polls, ask questions, and politely share an alternate point of view, and generally let us know what you think of this episode and any other episode. So search Stand Up Comedy Sex Ed Podcast on Facebook. Please subscribe to the podcast and share. And if you've been paying attention, I also have another podcast called Undebatable. That's me and three other very young men. uh, And I discuss all the funny things that are going on in the world. So you can look that up and Undebatable wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you guys for coming on my show. I really appreciate it. And I'm so excited for for what you're doing. And uh, I hope it spreads. Yeah, thank you so much. We really appreciate this opportunity to talk about being a sex worker and just getting the word out there. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Have a great afternoon. Bye. Bye.